I have a real treat for us today, which is a great conversation I had recently with my friend, colleague, and go-to Vedic astrologer, Tej Arvind. She's here to share with us a little bit about Vedic astrology in general, as well as the three ways Vedic astrology can impact your life. I've been going to Tej for all things planets for several years now, and I think you'll enjoy this conversation as she dispels myths and makes distant planets feel close to home. We hope you want to join us for our exciting journey through the chakras and planets happening live on Zoom for the winter solstice, December 20th. The workshop is titled Renew to Balance, the Synergy of Chakras and Planets. Early birds get $10 off by December 13th with coupon code SOLSTICE. So go to jessgoulding.com renew for registration or just find the link on my events page of my website, jessgoulding.com. You'll get access to the recording within 24 hours of the event. Now, keep in mind, my Hatha Chakra series continues through this month, and it's not too late to join. This week, we ignite our will in Chakra 3 and open our hearts with Chakra 4 practices. You'll have access to all the Chakra classes in your library of class recordings long enough to get you through the holidays. So sign up at the donation level that works for you at jessgoulding.com store. So without further ado... Let's talk to Tage. Welcome, Tage. Thank you. Glad to have you here on Ready Get Centered Go. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we go back a long ways. We go back to our days at Yoga Yoga, where we would high five in the hallway as I'm leaving one class and you're coming in and we've practiced on mats alongside of each other. We've had deep conversations in kitchens and <laughs> hallways and yes. in, in the shortest of moments. So I'm really glad to connect with you here and I'm really excited about finally collaborating together, which is what we'll talk about by the end. But first, I want my listeners uh, and yours to get to know you and the work that you do with Vedic astrology a little better. Yes, good. Well, I'm super happy to be here. I'm super glad to be able to collaborate as well. <clears throat> and yeah, so uh, my name is Tage, and um, I've been practicing yoga since college and then uh, moved to Austin and um, 2011 and did a teacher training in 2012. Um, from there, I pretty much just continued learning more and more and more about yoga. Um, and then it was I so I was working on the front desk at Yoga Yoga. And yep. it was at the south location. And so that location was very um, quiet a lot of times. And so I'd have a lot of extra time to kind of peruse the bookshelves which is when I uh, stumbled upon a book by Matab Benton called Astrology Yoga. And I picked it up and I would read it in my free time. And uh, that is actually where I first really started getting into astrology. Um, this is, I realized that it was Vedic astrology. And so Vedic astrology, it's different from Western astrology. So like you know, what we're used to seeing in the newspapers or magazines or online, a lot of that is Western based. Um, but Vedic astrology comes from India, it's Eastern based. 
And uh, it is, in a lot of ways, it's actually um, more accurate because uh, over the few thousands of years that we've known about Vedic astrology, um, this uh, zodiac, they, the sidereal zodiac actually follows where the stars are in the, in the cosmos. Um, where Western astrology stayed with whatever was written in the text what, a few thousand years ago. Um, but actually, there's been a shift. And so because of that, I've actually found that Vedic astrology was um, more accurate for me. And, um, you know, so I was, of course, in the yoga world and had done some trainings and started reading this book and realizing how uh these two worlds can be blended together. And they actually did work together. I mean, they're sister sciences, Vedic astrology and yoga. It would be unheard of, um, you know, if you were in India to practice yoga without astrology and astrology without yoga. Um, and then Ayurveda was kind of thrown in that mix as well. So those three, those three work together. Um, and so I started reading the book, got a personal reading with Matab, I found that I had this huge passion for it, a natural inclination for it. So I started doing trainings with him. Um, I did probably, I think it was around 12 or 14 weeks of training, just a couple of trainings in a row. Uh, and then after that was mentoring with him um, and then began giving readings, I think maybe a couple years later. Um, and so since then, I've been uh, doing a lot of self-study and uh, still work very closely with Matab, offer a lot of readings. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I am today. You work a lot with one-on-one -on -one clients, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I like to come to you, especially, you know, on my birthday for like a, what's the year ahead or where, where are we in, in the different facets of my life. Do you have a lot of people who come to you on the regular to just kind of check in and see what's what's going on in their planets? Yeah, yeah, actually, this is very common. Um, and so some people, they'll, they'll connect with me once a year, yeah, usually around the birthday, because there is a, a chart that we look at on your birthday that kind of sets up the trajectory for your year. And so I'll get people like that. But then also, um, with Vedic astrology, one of the coolest things about it is that it can help you figure out the timing of events and when to do things. So like, when should you move? When should you change jobs? What about this relationship? And so I will find that people come to me, I mean, sometimes uh, once a month, occasionally, you know, a quarterly. Um, I, I do work with some people, especially with mentoring, uh, that I'll work with them weekly. So it, it can really be as, um, as much or as little as you want, you know, with this astrology world. And do you find that people sometimes want you to predict the future? Is, is astrology about predicting the future? <laughs> I, I kind of know the answer, but I think it would be good to dispel, a, you know, a myth or two that people might, be have, might have if they're, you know, not sure about what is astrology, what's its purpose, it sounds like, you know, to some people, it might seem kind of woo, way too out there. But, mm -hmm. you know, I consider myself a grounded person, I consider it a, a valid part of my own self study. And so I'm just wondering if you could, you know, bring up a couple of, of the things that people might 
push against and then maybe waylay those fears or, or see how, you know, you would respond? Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things, you know, as humans, we always want to know, well, what's coming because we're, we're constantly looking for security or, or, um, you know, yeah, basically security and validation. And um, with Vedic astrology, I mean, no, it doesn't really predict the future. What it does show is what is possible, what the opportunities could be. Mm. So yes, you know, we could, we could look at a birth chart and you, maybe you're like, well, when is the best time for me to move? Well, we could look at that. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to move then. However, Sometimes, you know, if, if the timing is right, things go a bit smoother. And uh, one thing that I always like to consider is with, you know, this, this relationship between yoga and astrology. Well, yoga tells you what to do, you know, what postures to do to keep yourself in balance. Um, Vedic astrology can tell you when to do it, when oh, time to do it. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, um, my, in my personal experience, what I've had fun doing is looking back, meaning, uh, you know, I will have a, a sense of, I think I need to be heading in this direction, or I, I kind of want to start this new project around this time. And then I'll do it. And then I'll realize, oh, I wonder what was going on. And then I'll, you know, check in with you or, and, uh, and what I find it is it can be very validating, just, okay, so yeah, I was jamming along with whatever energy was going on and didn't necessarily know it. But when I get to talk with you, then I get to learn that past was validated. So it helps me know that my intuition is probably on the right track in other things. And, you know, I would, I would agree with you that people want to know what's coming. And for me, I do find that when life is out of control, I find that uh, I'll, I'll turn towards the Vedic astrology. And my question to myself is always, am I just trying to control the future? And uh, after sitting with it enough, uh, I have come to the decision that, no, it's not about control for me. It's definitely about uh, being open to what comes and what is in a way that one has to if they're going to have peace. Yeah. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the validation mark, right? You know, and when you're saying that you, you like to look back and see, you know, well, what was going on? And, and we call that forensic astrology, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is super fun. It's so fun to look at and be like, oh, wow, that's right. That's why this happened. And so, you know, that forensic astrology, it does validate. And like you said, it, it, I, I, I mean, there are countless people that will come to me and be like, okay, let's do a reading. And um, basically, they're, they're wanting to know if they should move forward with some project or some situation, because they're getting that intuitive nudge to go. Um, and then you look at the birth chart, and it's like, yes, this is exactly the time to do it. Um, or if someone's feeling hesitant, like, I, I want to do this, but I'm not sure if right now is the, is the correct time you can look and be like, ah, okay, well, it, it, it would appear that, you know, maybe six months from now, take your steps forward, and uh, things will go a lot smoother. And it's all about dealing with these energies, right? So doing it in, in right timing means you're taking your life in the flow of the energy 
of what's happening in the planet. And so that sounds like there are two facets to this. One, the energy of the planets are kind of going over all of us. And also we have our individual planetary energies. Can you talk a little bit about those two differences and, and, and what you see play out there? Yes, absolutely. And so you can see, you know, with the timing of worldly events, of course, you know, what's what's going on right now with the pandemic. Um, astrologers have been seeing this coming, you know, like and that for several years, uh, meaning like they don't really know exactly what's going to happen. But there's a good indicator that, um, you know, there are some big shifts that might occur. And so, yeah, when the wherever the planets tend to transit or uh, connect with each other, they can have big uh, worldly or cultural influences. Um, and that is going to impact us. However, one of the best ways to use astrology is to look at your own personal experience, your own personal birth chart, and see, you know, how it may influence you personally, and, and realize that it's not necessarily about trying to control what's going on in the outer world. It's more about how you're responding to it. And in your personal reading, you can look and see, okay, well, what's my tendency? Do I have, you know, what's my, uh, my tendency to have an emotional response to stress? Um, what's my tendency when opportunities come? Do I tend to push them away or am I ready to, and willing to receive? And so once you start to understand and become validated, validated in your tendencies uh, and then see where the timing of transits, meaning where, where planets will kind of um, hang out or influence your birth chart, um, you, you can start to have a sense of maybe calm or stability and security. Uh, whenever you're moving forward with projects, relationships, situations, you name it. Because you just kind of have this external validation of knowing, okay, this is where the planets are headed. And yeah. it's funny, <clears throat> when I was very first learning about Vedic astrology, which I, I have not chosen to make a study, I kind of like being um, kind of a, a, a little baby bird in it. Like, I don't want to teach it, I just want to enjoy it. So I'm, I'm really always glad to have you as such a great resource. But when I had a great conversation with Matab Benton, the author of the book and your teacher, um, and my teacher too, when I go to Kundalini, yeah. you know, um, he was explaining to me about Vedic astrology and the planetary movements. And from where I'm coming from, which is, you know, a Judeo-Christian background blended with Eastern practices of yoga, this kind of whole, what, what I've become over time, I asked him, I said, well, where's God in this? Because to my ears, it sounded like God was nowhere present. It's just these big balls of planetary energy moving. And, and he just said one sentence, and I hear it all the time. I said, where's God in all this? And he goes, God's in all of it. Like it and, then, and then through studying Bhagavad Gita more and studying kind of more descriptions of God and who and what God is in, in everything, it's that essence right? It's that underpinning the energy behind or that holds all of it. So, you know, a lot of times I'll have you know, people might push back against it thinking, oh, there's this, you know, sacrilegious or whatever. And I'm going, no, it's, 
it's taking God beyond your individual life or even our planet into the whole universe. And isn't that kind of more the bigger place of where this divine energy resides? Um, yeah, it, really, exactly. And that's exactly it. Because there is this misconception that, oh, the planets are making me do this. Yeah, it's not that. It's not. It's really not. Um, it, it, it's it's that, you know, the, the placement of planets when you were born, they show your tendencies. It's not that they're forcing you to do anything, but there are qualities that really show up in people if you have your moon in Capricorn versus your moon in the sign of Cancer. Um, and, and it can be challenging to, to really believe um, and even myself over time, it's like I had an affinity towards astrology, but I was kind of skeptical, like, come on, you know, this planet isn't going to make me do things. But this, <laughs> but honestly, that the planetary influence that that will turn a skeptic into believer is uh, every time Mercury goes retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> and that is there's T-shirts about that now. <laughs> yeah. It's like all over pop culture for a reason, because when Mercury goes retrograde, it's a planet of communication. Usually communication goes haywire. It's also um, kind of representation, a representation of transportation. And so there's usually flight delays or traffic jams or things like this, you know, so um, that that really can be helpful when you just start to become aware of planetary influences, uh, then, then you can choose, you know, am I going to freak out and get really stressed out? Or am I going to laugh, you know, because Mercury is retrograde? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of help release. In that way, it helps you release control and just kind of be with what is. it sounds to me like, well, I've heard it described as, you know, the, it's like the weather, and this makes a lot of sense. So if you have, say, a planetary energy kind of pressing against you in some certain way at a, at a, at a certain point, it's like if you walk outside and the wind is pushing you, well, that's going to make you respond. You're going to, you know, bundle up or you're going to seek shelter. Or you're going to put out an umbrella if it's raining. Like we are used to external forces creating responses within us. And to me, this is just now, now go broader. Now go to the 300,000 foot exactly. height rather than 30,000. So it's just, it's really just broadening your bandwidth for what might influence you in your day-to-day -day life. Exactly. And, and if you think about, you know, the power of the moon on the tides of the ocean, oh, you know, yeah. it, it all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And even just, I mean, yeah, we're all so very connected over the span of the universe that it, I, over time I've been like, you know what, if Pluto moves, who am I to say, that it doesn't create some movement all the way towards me and my own little cellular level. We don't know, but I've been working with energy long enough that, yeah, there's one little movement creates a whole ripple effect and yeah. you're either going to tune in or tune out. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Pluto too, because there are the three outer planets, Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune um, aren't actually used as much in Vedic astrology um, because they, they move so slowly that they don't make it, you know, through a, through a human lifespan. Um, they don't transit through or move through the entire Zodiac um, in, in the lifespan of a human. And so they do definitely have influence um, yet they're more generational influences because, mm. I mean, 
you know, for, I don't, I don't know exactly how long it is, but for several decades, you know, there, the planet will be in the same sign. And so there will be a whole generation with, you know, everyone has Pluto and Scorpio or whatever it is. And so it's not as influential on the individual um, like the closer planets are. So as far as we go out in Vedic astrology, at least traditional Vedic astrology would be with Saturn, um, which takes about 30 years to go through the whole zodiac. And so you can use these timelines, you know, usually around 29 and a half to 30, um, people go through what's called a Saturn return. And there's a big maturing influence um, at that time. And then you go through it again around 59 or 60. And there's another, you know, it's about a lot of times that goes from, you know, the working life to maybe retirement or that next phase of your life. And so you can see these timelines of, of how, you know, your, your psyche and your energy, okay, well, you, you know what it feels like to have Saturn and all of these different zodiac signs. Now it's time for a new chapter, a restart. Mm. I want to go back and unpack a little bit about something that you were talking about earlier. Two things. One is take us in the back room of the astrology conversations about the pandemic, meaning over the past couple of years, you said, we've been talking about this for a while. And I'm like, yeah, let us in that back room. Who's having the boardroom meeting and all the astrologers are sitting around going, oh my gosh, we have to prepare. I mean, what, because you couldn't have said it's going to be a pandemic or could you, you, you just knew that there was, this was going to be a big year. Can you talk a little bit about that, about what was, what was seen, what was said yeah. and what do you not say? Yeah, absolutely. And Matab and I actually did a webinar on this, um, earlier this, this year when it all kind of went down. And one of the, the major, I mean, there were several things that influenced this, you know, going on and, and there are astrology conferences and thing and predictions and things like this. That's, that's who's in the back room. Right. Um, but uh, so conferences, you said like there's people astro- getting up and they're doing a PowerPoint presentation about oh, y'all yeah. here's Awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. There's there's a big um, astrology conference in Sedona each year, and so that's that's like a big one. Um, but this one in particular, especially around the pandemic, there are two planetary energies that we work with in Vedic astrology um, that are called Rahu and Ketu, and they aren't actual planets in the zodiac, um, but they are measurable points that that we follow, and. There, I could go on for hours about these two energies. So I'm going to go with the short version, which is they indicate karma. And they indicate your future karma, what you're here to do this lifetime, and your past life karma, what you've been doing, you know. And um, what is fascinating is that at the time of the pandemic, when it, when it came and hit really hard, uh, those two energies, they were in the same placement that they were in when 9-11 happened in the state mm. in 2001. And so it was this indicator. We kind of saw that, right? We were like, okay, they're going to come back to that same place where they were in 2001. And we saw, at least for the United States, it was, you know, that was a huge thing. And of course, it had uh, a whole global influence, especially because, um, you know, before then, you didn't have to take off your shoes or whatever when you went to the airport. And, and it changed yeah. travel for, for almost the whole world. Um, well, And it created in our country a brand new sense of fear that we never had. Exactly. We thought yeah. we were immune. 
Yep. And then I'm wondering if that's when we shifted into, you know, higher levels of anxiety, depression, and now the kids are having to do, you know, drills at school. That's more about school shootings, I suppose, but like the fear definitely lifted. I mean, grew. Yeah, it, it, it rose. Um, and so, you know, we, it was like, as an astrologer, you could see it was coming. You saw other, other planetary influences that were kind of, um, happening at the time. And, and there were, there were people that were like, there's, I, in 2020, there's going to be some, something, some huge shift, um, that will really change culture. Um, and, and we also see this, uh, every 20 years or so when Jupiter and Saturn, um, come together and conjunct. Uh, which is actually what's going to happen on the winter solstice this year. And there are usually really big, um, you know, uh, political shifts that happen or societal shifts that will occur. And so you can look back historically and see these, these markers of, oh, wow, this, this tends to happen every single time. So the solstice this year, Jupiter and Saturn are meeting back up. They will look like one big star in the sky. Right now you can see them and they're two separate stars um, or planets, of course. But on that day, yeah, they're going to conjunct fully like on top of each other. Uh, and, and yeah, it'll look like one big star and it's actually Jupiter and Saturn in the same line. You know, wow. yeah. You're reminding me of the dark crystal. <laughs> like everything comes together, it all comes together. exactly yeah 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 things <laughs> um so these shifts so okay so before so do you remember what was before 9-11 what was was there a k2 rahu conjunction Ooh, I, before that can you go back one more or is that you'd have I'm to go much, kind of go you know, think I'm about it sure. i wonder if it i think that the spanish flu was thrown in there <gasps> that's right yeah, yeah 1918 yeah and so then they're dealing with karma now when you know the layperson hears the word karma it's like uh getting justice for the bad you've done in the world <laughs> which is which is we know it is it's not the way but you know that there's a I think there's a common cultural reference that that's what that is. And um, so is that true? And so can you talk a little bit about karma in this sense? So karma with Rahu K2, karma with, I mean, I'm, I'm bristling against this word karma and 9-11. I don't like those together, right? Because, or even pandemic, because it sounds like, oh, we're getting what we deserve. Can you, is that, is that, is yeah. that something you could speak to? It doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it seems like, um, yeah, like we're being punished for, for something that we did wrong. And, and, you know, that's not necessarily it. When, when I talk to people individually, you know, and they'll, they'll come to me for an astrology reading, um, you know, I give this little intro about what Vedic astrology is. And one of the things that I offer is that, you know, these charts can offer you your karmas or or show you your karmas in your life, which just mean the gifts and the challenges, your tendencies, right? That you come into the world with your tendencies. So the karma is the gifts and the challenges. Mm -hmm, Because it's both, right? Yeah. But really you can translate that as what is, what is your tendency? When you're under stress, do you go into anxiety or depression? 
you know, that, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where you can, you can start to see the psychology of a human. Now, taking this back out into the big worldly events, um, the karmas, the way to look at this is, you know, as society or as humans, we're constantly looking for improvement. Constantly. We're always asking to do better, to be better, to feel better, to have better things, right? This is, this is part of the human experience is to get better and better and better. Well, sometimes when we're on that path of forward movement, of improvement, there need, there's resistance that's going to show up, whether mm. it's within yourself or, you know, from really, it's, it always stems from within yourself, but it can also appear that it's in the outer world. And so that resistance sometimes needs a big boost or a big burst of energy to actually transform. And what are these two things doing for us? What did 9-11 do? What is this pandemic doing? It's allowing us to transform and to change so that we can improve. You know, there, it, it really, you know, 9-11 gave us that realization of, oh, right, we're, we're not immune to, to the world as Americans. Um, the pandemic's giving us this realization like, oh, we're actually all connected. Isn't that a fascinating thing to consider that the pandemic, you know, it, it didn't honor borders, right? It didn't honor countries. We're all in this together. So even though it's a really intense and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of turmoil out there, in some ways it's improving us because we're all coming together. We're understanding that connection. Now that's what karma is. Mm. So it's like you have a choice of what to do with what comes at you. And hopefully you're choosing to use it to change you as part of your self-study self. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as like self-improvement, but more like becoming more and more true to what you actually are. Absolutely. Because we're always happiness. I mean, how do you, how do you be happy? I just want to be happy. That's pretty much what everybody wants, right? Is to find happiness. Mm. And you can find that through connection with yourself and being authentic or whatever the word is you like to use, but, but really connection to your own sense of um, source, your own sense of your soul or God or whatever it is, it's all from within. And this is a process of peeling away those layers that keep us from existing in that deep, natural state of loving compassion. Yes. That's what's deep in there. So then that takes me to the other piece that I wanted to unpack a little bit. And you kind of did. And that's about the the personality component. So, you know, there's so many personality tests out there, say. So, like, you know, I love the Enneagram. And there's also Myers-Briggs. There's, uh, I don't know, there's tons out there. And so this is another uh, method of seeing your own tendencies. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and with this, you know, a lot of times um, when, you're, when you're looking through the Western astrology viewpoint, uh, they, they focus a lot on the sun sign and the, and the placement of the sun when you were born, right? And that is very important in Vedic astrology. However, it's the third thing that we look at as far as importance level goes, um, because your, your sun, where your sun is placed, 
it's a representation of the soul's nature. Now, of course, that has influence. That's, that's very important. However, when it comes to your personality and your day-to-day life, um, sometimes that soul nature is, is a little more under the surface. And so we look at two other placements, which is uh, the moon sign where your moon is when you were born. And then the most important is your uh, rising sign, the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. That is what helps to um, give us indicators on what your personality is like, what your main makeup is like, even how you look physically. It can show you that. Uh, The moon shows your mind and your emotions and how people tend to see you. And then again, the sun is more about that soul nature. So it's a little bit under the surface um, for most people, at least. Yeah, I remember with with my first reading, kind of the look at your life (laughs) reading, here's your life. Um, You know, coming from Western where, you know, I might read in the newspaper, my little astrology sign where I'm a Libra, right? right? And, and uh, which I like because I'm, I'm all about balance. I really like, it comes up all the time. And you say, well, you have a lot of planets in Libra. And I guess my son is in Libra. So I got to keep those Libra components. But then when you pulled in, I think like I'm Sagittarius rising and then what am I, Gemini Moon? I don't remember. Yeah, you're Sag rising, Gemini Moon. And you actually have a, 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 in Vedic astrology, you have a Virgo sun. So there you go. Now the whole world knows your birth chart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I didn't get to, so Libra, I get to keep a little bit because of the planet. So, I mean, that's fascinating. What it did, it, it, it really kind of fine tunes and makes me go, you know what? I did always kind of think I had more of that Virgo tendency to get things lined up and prepared than, than it would, sh- than I was shown before. And so then when, when when I kind of find myself doing these activities, I get to laugh like, well, of course I'm doing that. You know, it's like a little conversation with myself all the time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, and you definitely do have some Libra in there. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get to keep my scales. You do. Yes. Yeah. Keep your scales. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, gosh, this is such a great background. I could, I could go on and on just learning in general, but I would love to, um, transition into some things that are very uh, kind of tangible. And we might have touched on some of them, but for our listeners, I'd love them to be able to walk away with three ways that Vedic astrology can impact their life. Because as we head into our combined solstice event, I want people to come in knowing that there is something to this and there uh, there's some validity to it and kind of dispel any of those uh, aversions to that they might have, right? What are three ways Vedic astrology can impact? Sure, yeah, these these three ways, which we've definitely touched on all of them, but it's a good little review, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the thing I hear the most with Vedic astrology and the thing I found the most for myself is that it's validating. It gives you validation on why you do the things you do, you know? And there's something about just understanding like, oh, this is exactly what my source self wanted this lifetime so that I could go through this life um, with this challenge or with this gift and learn to elevate from it. Mm. You know, the, the idea with Vedic astrology is that your soul, before you were born, 
it chose when to be born, where to be born, who to be born to. So you could come into your life with your karmas, with your gifts, with your challenges. And when that, that mind, you know, when, when the, the mind of who you are, your, your mind uh, understands that, oh, I am, you know, I am short tempered. Okay, that's validating. All right. I have a tendency to get angry when under stress. When you know that and it's validated, you, you have more of a sense of peace because then it's like, okay, well, if that's my tendency, then I'll be sure to watch my anger, to take a deep breath, maybe not eat as many spicy foods, you know, things like this. Those little things um, can validate you and bring you way more balance and peace overall. Yeah, it gives you the autonomy to make choices that will balance you out. Yes. Yeah. It's great information. Mm-hmm. So and you get to play with it. Like, is this true for me? Is this not true for me? Like there's, there, there's really no strong dogma to it because you'll always remind me in every reading, you'll say, well, here's what it says, but you have free will. Do yes. with this as you will. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There is free will 100%. And with this, you know, this kind of goes in congruency. So the second thing that I really like about it is that it does give you this heads up on your tendencies, you know, how you respond under stress or um, how you work the best. You know, there are some people that are way more fluid and creative uh, and that's where they find a lot of their joy. And there are other people who are way more mental and organized, right? And, And if you're a creative fluid type, and you're an accountant, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of a clash of energy, you know, because sometimes this, what it, what it does is it helps you understand that societal norms and what we're taught from our parents or our, our guardians growing up, you know, some people choose their jobs based off of what the family wants them to do. Um, but let's say, you know, your family, you come from a line of doctors, and that's just kind of how, what, came in line for you, you fell into um, the, the familial line. Um, however, you have this birth chart that really shows you would be a fantastic yoga teacher or meditation teacher. Now, all of a sudden, you know, when you realize that your tendencies are to do something very different from what your family did, there's a sense of understanding and and now you can realize like, it's okay to let go of what society told me because what my heart is truly looking for is something different. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. This is why I'll confess that, you know, I had my son's chart done because I was at a point in his life trying to figure out what's this little guy all about. Right. And so I, you know, I come to you just to find out his tendencies and his kind of journey that he could take so that I'm not going to impose what I think he should do. But I have this background knowledge of what his gifts and challenges are. So as his mother, when he has a challenge, I see it differently than I would have not knowing. I see, oh, I, yep, this is, this is helping him become that man that he hopefully will choose to become that is in alignment with his highest self. I'm not going to shove him into this corner of, I think you should be this, right? He's going to get to 
discovered that for himself. And I think of so many adults who are not quite living their true life. You know, they know like, okay, I've, you know, I'm, I'm making decent money. I'm doing what I can, but th- I, it's not fulfilling. What you're offering, I think, is fulfilling once you're doing that life, your life course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And that third, the third main thing for me uh, that has just been so powerful is around the timing of, of events. You know, uh, when to start a project, when to sign a contract. Usually not when Mercury's retrograde, unless you're one of those people that were born during Mercury retrograde. Now that's a different story. But, you know, those types of things um, really, really make a big difference. Um, understanding that there, you know, if, if there's a time in your life where uh, it really makes sense for you to work hard to actually, like, apply yourself and your effort um, because at the end, you're going to receive something really um, magnificent, then you know what to do. And there are other times in your life where it's like, you know what, it's much better for you to take care of um, more of your mental and emotional health, because the other stuff will fall into place uh, once you do. Mm. So it's just a beautiful way to look at that. I, I do also find people ask me a lot, when should I leave my job? Um, you know, when should I get married? How about purchasing a house? How about this car? All of that it is just so beautiful because what'll happen is, uh, let's say that, you know, you want to purchase a car um, and uh, Mercury's retrograde. And I keep throwing this in there because it's one that people tend to know a lot. Um, there's, there's an indicator that it's usually recommended not to purchase, make big purchases during Mercury retrograde because you'll have to go back and redo it. And one experience that I had recently was around a television. Um, I had a friend who their TV got stolen. And so they went to go purchase another television. They go into the store. They buy the TV. They end up not ha- it was Mercury retrograde at the time. Uh, they take the TV home. It didn't come with a remote. So they had to take it back and repurchase the television, right? So there's things like that. You have to redo things unless you kind of do them at the right time. Um, So it can be really uh, stress reducing (laughs) when you know the right time to do something for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like, it's not like that's a big deal, but that's a kind of a little pain in the butt you could have avoided. You know, like, you know what, I'm just, and I love watching you in your life because you know, when we get together to plan things, you're paying attention to the to what's going on in the uh, planetary weather. And you're like, well, we need to have a conversation about these plans before this date. Because after that, you're like, and I'm out while Mercury's in retrograde, we're not going to, we're not going to chat and plan. And so I get to watch you rest when the planets say rest, move forward when they say forward. And it just, it's a kind of a joy to just watch you move along in your life on this planetary weather current and see that it really does um, benefit. Like you don't seem to get thrown for big loops. You know, you engage with your life in a way that is thoughtful and reflective, but you're not in denial when the hard stuff comes. You just kind of know where it's coming from. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't mean that I, sometimes wish that it weren't true you know I'm like oh come oh, on yeah. I, can, I can do this I don't care if Mars is retrograde but then it never <laughs> fails <laughs> <It's> like, 
Okay, astrology is real. <laughs> More validation. Back to point number one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward. Super excited. I want to share a little bit about our solstice event. And so this is called Renew to Balance the Synergy of Chakras and Planets. And we're doing this December 20th on Zoom from 10 to 12.30 Central Time. However, we are going to record this. So anybody who signs up, they can come live or they'll have that recording within 24 hours. And we're looking at this uh, as a journey through both together, right? What do you see people uh, coming away with from our workshop? Ah, yes. Um, and so to me, when, when you're looking at your own sense of renewal and your own sense of energetic balance, uh, I think it's powerful to have several lenses to look through, you know, different vantage points, different viewpoints to look through. And of course, they're going to learn all about the chakra system, you know, even more so than, than what they may know. And now they're coupling that, or you have the opportunity to couple that with the planetary influences as well, which is just another lens to look through. And, you know, for example, let's say that you're looking to develop more prosperity within your life. Well, from the astrology perspective, the energy of Jupiter can offer you more prosperity. And so now you're going to have this lens and this information of, okay, well, what can I do to help set my intention around prosperity? And maybe I want to wear the color yellow because that helps to embody this energy of Jupiter. Or maybe I'm going to hold this mudra, um, you know, this hand gesture to, to help create a circuit of energy uh, through my system that will help me understand that when an opportunity arises, I'm more willing to say yes to it. I have more of a positive mind and, and I can embrace the opportunities that come to me. And Jupiter lines up with chakra two. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so how do you see a connection between Jupiter's expansion and the emotional center, the feeling center that we have within us as chakra two, as Swadhisthana? Well, it all comes around with creativity, right? You know, because uh, the emotional fulfillment of creation, this idea of expansion. Well, as far as the second chakra goes, um, you know, one way to look at it would be through the creation of life. You know, you for for a female, that's where that's where the the baby, you know, within the womb, that's where the baby grows. That's where it expands. That's, that's uh, in some ways, that's around you um, providing more prosperity into the world, like more fulfillment, emotional fulfillment. Well, all of that comes through this, this element of Jupiter and its expansive nature. Beautiful. Okay, do one more. What's, uh, what's the connection of Venus? So what is, what is the idea of Venus? <laughs> the connection of that's perfect. I was like, I hope she says Venus. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so Venus is connected to the heart center. Mm -hmm. And the heart center, your place of balance. Well, um, Venus is all about balance and harmony. She's also about your sense of compassion and self-love. Those go so well together, the heart chakra and, and um, compassion and self-love. 
So, you know, you can, you can work with simply the heart chakra, or you can consider also um, embracing those elements of Venus. And once again, it could be a hand gesture. It could be the color white, um, which, is, which is a Venusian color. Or maybe it's that you embrace art and music. And now all of a sudden, it's tuning you into your own sense of compassion, your own sense of love and self-love uh, to help find that balance and find that cultivation of those energies. And so what I'm, you know, what, what this will look like and, and is what I'm excited about is we will get to do, you know, some asana. So I'll be bringing things that, um, that I teach, say, if we're in heart chakra, then we will do some heart chakra opening postures and breathing, right? So we'll acknowledge where is this chakra in the body? Where is this energetic center, this wheel within us? And then you're bringing in and what is that kind of what's the planetary influence there as well. So we open our bodies and then tune into those planetary energies and only augment that sense of compassion and opening of heart and deepening relationship. And so it's that these are the, the two sides we're coming from, which is what, what makes it exciting. You know, me, I'm going to bring in the, the yoga practices and, and, and you'll bring in, the information and we both have mudras and breath. Like it's, I think it's going to be a big old party is what this is going to feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. Chakra and planet party. All right. <laughs> we should have called it a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they'll come away with this information, but also, you know, it's always self-discovery. That's, you know, in my teaching at Swadhyaya, this self-study is such an important component in life. And hopefully I think also people should come away with knowing where do they tend to have some blockages? You know, where, where are they blocked in creativity or is it, is it hard to find their voice in the world? And now here's some more tools to work with and then just see, see how it works, see how it, see how it evolves for you over time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Do you have any last things that you want to share with us, Tej? This has been so fun. Um, certainly let us know where, where do we find you? So, you know, anything else you want to share? And then I definitely want to know where do we find you? Um, you know, those who come to our solstice event, they do get a bit of a discount for a reading with you. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you come to the event, you'll get a special discount on my readings. Um, you can find me either through my website um, or on Facebook might be a good way to connect with me as well. Um, my website is Yoga Boem, so yoga, Y-O-G-A-B-O-H-E-M-E.com. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you'll get, you'll get, I think it's a, you'll get a special, it's around $18, 18 or $20 discount off of a reading if you want to do a reading with me. Nice. And um, the thing that, you know, I really want to honor, you know, about this event is that it's taking place on the winter solstice, which is such a big deal. It is, uh, this, this winter solstice in particular is really, really potent because of the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that's happening that day. This has not happened in, uh, I think it was like over 600 years that this conjunction actually falls on a solstice day. 
Um, so it's a, it's a really, really powerful time. Now the winter solstice is the yogic new year. Um, this was, this is where that whole new year celebration came from was because of the winter solstice. Uh, the, the solstice, it, it means the sun, right? So it's all about the, the movement of the sun. And, uh, remember I mentioned how the sun represents your soul in Vedic astrology. And so in some ways, this is the return of the light of your soul at the winter solstice, the start of the new year. Mm -hmm. Um, the energies at this time are, are really powerful for, for uh, renewal, for cultivating, you know, clearing out what's not serving you and, and drawing in a sense of balance for your new year. And, uh, you know, at this time, as you're learning and doing self-study, that's Vadyaya, as you were mentioning, um, and then understanding the chakra system and how it may correlate or how it does correlate with the planetary energies. Now you have that combined with this, the power of the winter solstice. Wow, what, what a potent way to really uh, embody the shift or transformation that you'd like to see within yourself. This is why it's good to plan with you. <laughs> we put it on big important days 600 years yeah 600 years i'll have to go back and see what was happening 600 years ago right yeah what was the shift well, Tej, this was so fun <laughs> really you're just such a great fountain of information i'm really looking forward to our collaboration and continued work together and uh, i hope that People want to come and join us for this really fun and apparently very auspicious event. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, me too. This is, this is such a joy uh, to be able to connect with you and, and bounce your ideas off of mine and blend it all together. Okay. I'll see you then, Dej. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and you're curious to know more and experience more at our event, Renew to Balance, the synergy of chakras and planets. So head over to jessgoulding.com slash renew and sign up early with the discount code solstice. I look forward to seeing you live on Zoom for this powerful solstice and join my chakra series anytime at jessgoulding.com slash store. All the links you need are in the show notes. So until next time, I'm Jess Goulding, keeping you centered.